I titled this week's lesson, Being Meek Like Moses. And, uh, and I'd like to start in the book of Numbers. Let me get my... Turn this on. In Numbers chapter 12, it says, it says, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. Um, it's quite a statement to say that Moses was more weak than any person on the face of the earth. It's, it's clear that God is telling us something here about Moses. And the question is, what does that mean? What does the word meek mean? My version in the, in the ESV has the word meek there, and so does the old King James. Some of the newer versions have a word like humble. Um, sometimes when you see this word meek, uh, you may think of, the, of, the, of a word like gentle or humble. But even, even those words require further explanation. And, and so just, just what is this trait um, of being meek? Is it, is it what a gentle person does? Um, is it like just you, never, you just never yell at babies or something like that? Um, does it, does, does being, Carter liked that one, does being, does being meek, uh, mean that we, that we always just let everything go? Does it mean that we think nothing of ourselves? What exactly does it mean to be humble, to be gentle, to be meek? Have you ever wondered if it's okay, um, to be angry in certain situations? Or do you find yourself getting... Uh, defensive when people correct you or challenge you or criticize you? Do you ever wonder what Jesus would do in, in, in a particular situation or whether your defensiveness was right or is right? Uh, do you ever find yourself getting, getting worked up about the little things and not so concerned about the big things? I think we need an understanding of, of what meekness is and what it looks like. The good news is we just read a verse that tells us Moses was the meekest person on the face of the earth. So let's examine the meek heart of Moses and learn what that means from a biblical perspective. There is this idea um, that the meek heart thinks little of self. In Exodus 3, um, this is where Moses, in Exodus 3 is where Moses is first called by God um, and we'll see how Moses views himself in terms of what, what meekness is. It begins with, with a view of ourselves. And now remember, Moses grew up, in, he grew up in Pharaoh's house, right? If we recall the story. And he was called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And when he was about 40 years old, Moses decided it was time for some changes. He went out and he saw, he sees this Egyptian man beating a Hebrew and he kills the Egyptian. And the next day he sees two Hebrews 
fighting and he tries to intervene and he tries to solve the problem and the Hebrew then reveals that he knows Moses killed the Egyptian. So Moses, he's scared for his life and he flees to the desert of Midian. Now we fast forward 40 years. Moses is about 80 years old now. And God approaches him and calls him to go and speak to Pharaoh uh, to tell him to let God's people go, right? Moses is different now, though. He is not the hot-headed revolutionary of his youth. Um, he doesn't think he can solve all the problems of the people of all the people. Um, his view of himself has changed significantly. So it says here in Exodus chapter three, but Moses. Excuse me, but Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, He says, Lord, I am nothing special. Why do you think that I should be important enough to accomplish to accomplish this task? And then in Exodus chapter four, it says, Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me. Or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. And so at this point in the story, uh, God gives the signs of this staff that turns into the snake um, and the leprous hand of Moses, which we'll go over soon. Uh, and moving on to verse 10, it says, But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. And then in verse 13, he says, but he said, oh, my Lord, please, please send someone else. So why do we go through all of that? Very quickly, why do we go through all of that? Too often, um, I think that, that we, we say that Moses was cowardly, maybe, uh, and we ignore the scripture that speaks of Moses' meekness. Moses genuinely felt he was not something special, that he was not something awesome. He says, why would these people listen to me? Um, why, why, what, what if they don't believe me? You know, I'm not eloquent. Moses has this heart that he views himself um, as unworthy. It's very interesting now that at 80 years of age, Moses is now 80 years of age, he feels unworthy. He feels unqualified for this task that he definitely felt qualified for 40 years earlier. He thinks little of himself. But we see later on in the story that it isn't that Moses didn't have any talent because he was tremendously gifted. He just really thought that he was not worthy of this particular task. And, and this is in contrast to what we're going to see later on in the life of Moses. People all around Moses, are they're all just hungry for power. Uh, Miriam and Aaron, for instance, as we read in Numbers 12, in, in chapter 12, they try and make this power grab. Sometimes people are constantly saying, let's get a new leader. And back in Egypt... There are all these people who are looking for an opportunity to be a leader, but not Moses. And isn't it fascinating that God chose him to be the leader, the man who really wasn't that eager to be a leader? Moses shows us that meekness begins with how we view ourselves. And it's not an issue of beating ourselves up. This is not about how terrible we all are. 
It's, it's just the idea that I can't do everything and that I don't have all the answers and that I generally, I generally need help. So we live in a time where we are told from a very young age about how special we all are. And we're told about how we just need to live for our dreams and reach for the stars. Our society and our world encourages us to fixate on ourselves, right? To focus on ourselves, to do whatever we feel is right and important. It's what Disney has been training us for years to do. So it's no surprise that we begin to to think that our ways and our thoughts and our opinions are the best. So it's refreshing to see some to see someone like Moses who genuinely thinks very little of himself. We need to fight through all that worldly noise to a point that we remember our own frailty. When Jesus says, blessed are the meek, he is encouraging us to stop thinking so much about ourselves. As Paul says, it's not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. That's where meekness begins. We see in Moses that the meek heart connects with God. Generally, I think that people who think uh, little of themselves have a lot more room for God. They are a lot more okay with the idea that God would, would be in charge of me because I'm the person who is in need and God can meet that need. But Moses, so Moses has this special relationship with God. And going back to Numbers chapter 12 where we started, God speaks about this very special relationship. Miriam and Aaron, they make this power grab. And it says, And the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forward. And he said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth, clearly, and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God speaks face to face with Moses, he says. He says it's different from the way that I talk to other prophets. Moses is the one who speaks to God and his face glows. You guys remember that story? Do they, have to, do they have to put a veil over their face? Moses is the one that is able to go and speak to God on the mountain and receive the commandments of God. Moses is the one who gives judgments on behalf of God to the people. Not only does Moses have a special relationship with God, but he is a man of interceding prayer, praying for other people. Going back to Numbers chapter 12, it says, And Moses cried to the Lord, O God, please heal her, please. This is in reference to Miriam. She'd been struck with leprosy. Moses always seems to be crying to God on behalf of someone. Pharaoh, whenever whenever there was a new plague, if you recall, he comes to Moses and he says, Go cry to the Lord. Even Pharaoh knew that Moses had this special relationship with God. There are several occasions where God is ready to be done with the people, and Moses 
over and over again says, No, God, spare these people. Do it for the sake of your name. Moses praying for other people with a relationship. He's praying for a relationship and a connection and connection with God. But Moses did not, he did not keep him to himself, his feelings with God. Um, in fact, I, I think this is part of Moses' prayer life that really makes us uncomfortable the most. Um, sorry. There, there's, uh, there's that, that Moses said to God in prayer, there's a lot of things that Moses said to God in prayer that we might be shocked by because he just said what was on his mind. So he says in, in Numbers uh, chapter 11, it says, Moses said to the Lord, why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive of all this people? Did I give them birth? That you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child? To the land that you swore to give their fathers, where am I to get meat to give to all this people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I may, that I, that I may not see my wretches, wretchedness. Moses says, just kill me if you're going to do this to me. And fortunately, God does not do that. Um, Moses is beyond frustrated in this prayer. And I think that I would be too, but I would get frustrated a lot sooner than I think that Moses got frustrated. And I am not suggesting that this is a great pattern for prayer. <laughs> we probably shouldn't start with, God, why did you do this to me? And end with, God, just kill me for goodness sakes. <laughs> Not a great pattern of prayer. But Moses told God what he really thought. He shared his heart with God. And if we can learn anything about prayer from Moses, if we can learn anything about, about connecting with God, um, it's, that, it's that meekness doesn't mean that we have to be formal at the expense of what we really feel. God wants us to pour our heart out to him in prayer. There's this connection that is, is made when God really knows what we're thinking. Um, and I think it helps us more. But if you, if you read the, the, the book of Psalms, it's hard to ignore this, this, this same pattern. So often the psalmist will begin, he'll begin by saying, God, where are you? What are you doing? And then they end with a reassurance uh, in the prayer, in the prayer, they are they are corrected and they learn in these psalms. There's something about talking frankly with God, and it is about the connection. We shouldn't think that meekness means that I can't tell God what I'm thinking. It's quite it's quite the opposite, actually. Moses' meek disposition is also part. It's also part of his relationship with God. And here we often get the idea that is often translated, it's often translated humility. Moses was the most humble of all the people. That's, that there's, there's this fundamental posture where God is revered by Moses, where God has a special place in Moses' heart. Um, and this is mirrored in, in James uh, chapter 1, 21. It says, therefore, 
put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Receive it with meekness means it means I receive it because I'm ready to be taught. I'm ready to listen. Um, you are up there. I am down here. I will receive your word. I'm ready to apply it. And next thing that we that we need to see though about about meekness for Moses is that the meek heart refuses it refuses to respond to um, to personal insult. Moses is the leader of the people. He becomes a target because because he's the leader of the people. He becomes this target for some really, really outrageous accusations and, and criticisms and insults. It comes, it comes with this territory of him being the leader. Um, but let's see how he responds to those, to those complaints and insults. Uh, in Exodus chapter 14, it says, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is it not this what we is is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Did you notice that they got really personal with him? They didn't say, why did, why did, why did God lead us out? They said, why did you lead us out? Uh, we told you to leave us alone. We, you, just, you just wanted to kill us out here. And, and Moses doesn't quibble with them. He just says, you need to watch and trust God. And that's an awesome response. Uh, but this isn't nearly the only time that the people treat Moses like this. In, in chapter 16, it says, They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And then going on to verse 6, it says, So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that uh, you shall know that is that is what... Is was the Lord? It was the Lord. Sorry, it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because He has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against Him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. So they, they complain against Moses and Aaron, and Moses reminds them that they are grumbling against God. He says, you're, 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 get, you're getting personal with me, um, but it's not about me. Uh, you've got a problem with God. And he doesn't, 
ever seem to respond to the personal attacks. And I believe that that's a huge part of why God said he was the most meek man on the face of the earth. Going on to Exodus 17, it says, Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? Again, there is no response that is directed at the personal insult. In Numbers 12, where we started, Miriam and, and, and Aaron complain because he had married a Cushite woman. And they say that uh, they say has that this woman has has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses. They say they're saying we are just as big a deal as Moses is, right? And Moses does not defend his authority to them in his meekness. And Miriam is struck with leprosy. And even though she and Aaron had tried to, they had tried for this power grab. Moses still prays for her. Meekness refuses to respond to personal insult. So further examining the the character of Moses, let's look at uh, Numbers 14. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. So Moses doesn't turn this into a big argument. Moses is grieved because the people are rejecting God. Even when God is ready to kill them for their behavior, Moses intercedes for the people. Moses' meekness shows him to put his ego aside and pray for these people instead. Numbers chapter 16, they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far for all in the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? When Moses heard it, he fell on his face and he said to Korah and all his company in the morning, the Lord will show who is his and who is holy and will bring him near to him. The one whom he chooses, he will bring near to him. You see the response? It doesn't doesn't become an argument. Instead, Moses falls on his face, which is a sign of humility, and he says, God will take care of this problem. Now, we should be very clear. Moses gets angry with Korah and Dathan and Abiram in this story, but he does not respond out of his hurt feelings or, or out of his frustration. Too often we feel we need to defend ourselves or our authority when it gets personal, but instead Moses allows God to handle it. And, in, and this is a vital characteristic of the meek heart. Moses is unmoved by personal insult. Meekness teaches us um, not to respond out of personal hurt out of, and defensiveness of our, own, of our own person. Moses would say, who am I? Uh, why, why would I need to defend myself? Now, words can hurt us and false, false accusations hurt us when they're thrown around. But we don't have to defend ourselves in every case before responding, because we're responding out of our own, our own hurt. 
that uh, usually does not solve the problem. Um, it makes us feel better for a short while to, to respond this way maybe, but many times it just exacerbates the problem. So the last example of the meek heart of Moses is that it vigorously defends God. And when we talk about gentleness or a humble person, we usually think of someone who gets, who really never, never really gets angry or upset. Um, and so far we've seen that Moses uh, we've seen we've seen that with Moses, and that he that he rarely gets angry um, about something that's personal. He doesn't get angry about something that's personal. But Moses gets angry a lot in defense of God. When people are dishonoring God, Moses gets very angry. Exodus chapter sixteen. This is in reference to what God told them to do with the manna. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So Moses is not angry because the people are somehow challenging him uh, or that they had ignored him. He's angry because, because God is trying to instruct his people, and his people are not listening. Um, the disobedience to God is what makes Moses most angry. Exodus chapter 32. And as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot, and he threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to powder and scattered it on the water and made the people of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people, that they are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So I said to them, let any of you have, who have gold take it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. Just really? Like Just like that. <laughs> and when Moses saw that the people had broken loose, for Aaron had let them break loose to the derision of their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered around him, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro from gate to gate throughout the camp, and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. Notice that this is what the Lord God commands. Moses got mad. He throws the tablets down, right? He takes this golden calf and he grinds it down. He spreads it along the water and he makes him drink it. And then Moses goes to war. He is angry because God is being disrespected. Numbers chapter 31. And Moses was angry with the officers of the army, the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds who had come from service in the war. Moses said to them, Have you let all the women live? Behold, these, on Balaam's advice, caused the people of Israel to act treacherously against the Lord in the, in, in the incident of Peor. And so the plague came among the congregation of the Lord. This was the group that Balaam had encouraged the Moabites to send the corrupt, uh, to, to send to corrupt the people of Israel. And, and the main tool in this case was the women. Um, they, get, they get the people of Israel to turn away 
from, from God and to turn to Baal. And that becomes this, the source of this horrific plague in Israel. Moses is angry because these people are disobeying God. And he takes that very seriously. Um, it is a common misunderstanding that meekness, that, that, somehow, that somehow meekness never corrects anything. And it always it just accepts everything and never rocks the boat. Moses was very meek. He was more meek than any person on the face of the earth. But Moses got very angry when people were disrespecting and disobeying God. It made him emotional. He was not a pushover. Moses was meek, but he defended God vigorously. There are times when we feel emotion. Maybe, maybe we're even overcome by emotion, but it's not for ourselves. It is on behalf of God. And we should feel that when we we should feel that when we when we see the sinful practice. Um, this is this is a, a, an emotion that Paul felt when he was in Athens, um, and he saw the city was given over to idols. And it says his spirit was provoked within him. That's in Acts 7, chapter seventeen. It's what Jesus felt when he went into the temple, and he said, "This can't be a house of prayer because of the money changers. There are animals everywhere." Uh, and he turns over the tables and drives them out. Uh, it's what Paul felt when he was sitting, talking to a man who wants to become a Christian, and there's a sorcerer nearby, and he's trying to undo what Paul is doing. And Paul says to him, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And he strikes him blind. Now, we have to be careful because it is not okay for us to go around, just to go around being ugly to everybody that we know and everybody who doesn't obey God. Moses was irritated and angry when people who had committed to following God didn't obey God. We're not talking about pagans. We're talking about God's people. What we learn from Moses and what we learn from Jesus and what we learn from Paul is that we don't accept everything that everybody says just because we're meek. Meekness defends God vigorously. Moses thinks little of himself. He connects with God. He refuses to respond to personal things, and he defends God, like we've said, vigorously. Uh, I think that you can agree with, with me that this is tremendously challenging to apply in our own lives. Um, when we see meekness applied the way that the Bible actually teaches meekness, it's much harder to accomplish perfectly. But we must defend God vigorously when God is, is affronted and learn how to not react to personal insult. It's an area for me to work on. It's an area of spiritual growth for me. Let's pray to be meek like Moses was, to, to, to be meek like Paul was, to be meek like, like our perfect Jesus was. Amen. I'm going to finish on this story, and it's a story about Dad. I do not remember Dad ever raising his voice to me. He was stern to me a couple times, but I, I can't. If you did, just don't tell me because I don't remember. But I remember a time where Dad got fed up with sin in a church and defended God vigorously, and my eyes went like this. So, we go to Fiji, and it was the first year of the church that we were working with, and there, the prop, one of the problems in that church, and I only remember this because of this incident, was gossip. 
and um, dad had probably spoken to the people that were at fault a little bit, but dad invites me to go to a men's meeting. And I don't think you said you didn't remember this, but I'm going to still tell the story because I have a very vivid memory of it. So all the men were meeting. And, and, and I remember being leaned over those really uncomfortable wooden benches that they had in, in wooden pews. Right? They call them pews, they're benches. And um, the men were discussing something about somebody somebody else said, some, some, something somebody else said, or something to that degree. And I remember, I remember Dad said, Dad hit the bench in front of him and said, That is gossip. And it's going to divide this church and destroy this church, and I will not stand for it. And then he went on and on, and he was very adamant, and he was almost yelling. And I remember thinking, that's awesome. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. So the time that Dad rose, r- raised his voice was in defense of the gospel, in defense of what God says is right, and in defense of what God says will destroy the church. Do you think that dad, Jonah, do you think that dad was being meek when he did that? Big Dog was being meek when he did that? Yeah. That's the correct answer. He was being meek. That's right. So it doesn't mean that we're a pushover, and it doesn't mean that we can't defend God, and I'm grateful for that example from you. Let's pray. God, we want to continue to explore what what meekness means in our lives and and how we can apply it in a biblical way, how we can apply it in the way that Moses showed the example of in in the way that we can apply it in the way that Paul and and your perfect son Jesus uh, gave us the example of in in Scripture. We want to be able to, to use that meekness throughout our daily lives as we go out into the world and be an example of Jesus for you. In Jesus' name, amen.